This is the Clean Soul Podcast, and I'm Dennis Curtis, your host. Today's podcast is titled, Blessings and Curses. In Deuteronomy 28, Yahweh called the Israelites to be obedient to all that He commanded them. And there were a lot of commandments. For example, the Ten Commandments. Uh, He commanded them how to live. He commanded them who to marry. He commanded them how to sacrifice the many different sacrifices, animal sacrifices, food sacrifices. The list goes on and on. It was amazing. These commands were an amazing opportunity for this brand new privileged nation to become a beacon of salvation to all the world. The creator of the universe had chosen them out of Egypt. He had called them and miraculously delivered them out of the hand of slavery. If they chose to obey him, he would be their abundant provider and protector. His provisions would be blessings to individuals and to them as a nation. God sums up the blessings in 14 short blessings. They would have great prosperity in every area of life. Health, marriage, children, food, animals, government, business, victory in war, freedom. They would be a witness to the world of God's goodness. The whole world would be attracted to Israel, just as the whole world's attracted to the United States, even though we're backsliding. The whole world would be attracted to Israel and come to see who God was and to serve Him. That was God's goal. God loves people. If Israel refused to obey and reject God's ways, they would end up being cursed. And there are 54 curses that are recorded there in chapter 28. They are basically the opposite of the blessings. There would be hunger, poverty, rebuke, ruin, sickness, drought. They would lose their wars. They would have broken marriages, broken families, and there would be slavery and a poor reputation. Not only that, but they would make Yahweh, the God of the universe, look bad. People would see Israel and say, I don't want anything to do with that God. God has raised up Israel to be a beacon of salvation to the world, and they agreed to his terms on Mount Sinai. They were approached by God himself in fire, in smoke, in great power. God descended and came to that mountain. The elders saw and ate with God Almighty. Moses met with him, received the commandments. They knew who God was, and what he commanded, and they said, yes, Lord, we will obey you. God's goal with Israel has always been to glorify himself in the world, but also to release the world from the dominion of Satan. Just like us in the new covenant, he has chosen you and me individually and corporately as the church and as nations to be his light, to be a beacon of light. This nation was once called a city on a hill. 
because we were Christians, and this nation was developed by Christian principles and in fear of God Almighty through Jesus Christ, His Son. But we have turned away from that, starting way back, way back in the early 1900s. We have turned away from God incrementally. We have let people lead us away from God. Take the Bible out of schools. Take prayer, uh, the Christian prayer in Jesus' name, out of schools, and our nation is suffering for it now. No matter the situation we find ourselves in, God always gives us a chance to know Him and serve Him as individuals. As we know, Israel took Satan's bait, and early on they rejected the blessings and received the curses. Time after time they would backslide. Just think when Moses was up on the mountain, and he was getting the Ten Commandments from God. Aaron, with all the people, took all their gold, and they made an a idol, a calf, a, a cow. They made an idol, and they were ready to turn back and to go back into slavery with this idol. They took Satan's bait. Time after time, Israel would backslide. God would restore them. It happened again and again, so much so that God rejected the nation and destroyed it, completely obliterated it. But he kept a remnant of faithful people. He sent them to Babylon. He sent them to almost every country of the world. But he kept a remnant of the faithful who would serve him. It's the same with the Christian church today. Though the church backslides, though the nation backslides, there is a remnant of people who are faithful to Christ. We are now under a new covenant, a better covenant in Jesus Christ. God is still looking to exalt himself among the nations, and we can see this throughout history. Look at the nations who obeyed him for a time at least, Italy, Germany, Spain, Great Britain, the United States, all of this, all of these nations had a time of exaltation in the world, and they spread their influence over the world. Why? To be a blessing for God to the world, to bring the word of God to the world. But all of them became disobedient and pushed God aside, and needless to say, they're far from God now. But we as faithful Christians may be affected by our country's disobedience, but God still has his hand on us. We are to be obedient in God's way of life, no matter what pressure comes against us, no matter what government comes against us, no matter what people come against us. How can we get these blessings and avoid the curses First of all, I want to start out with a biblical definition of blessings. When we think of blessings, especially as Americans, we think monetarily and we think materially. But really, these are just a side note of the blessings that God wants to give us. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. All these things are the material blessings and the monetary blessings that we need to live in this world. Food, clothing, shelter, things like that. God said he will give us if we seek first his kingdom. A little side note, every time God 
gives a blessing every time God says, this is the way to walk in it, and I will bless you. There's always obedience necessary for the blessing. And I'm not talking about works. I'm talking about doing what God tells us to do, loving obedience. Let's read the Beatitudes, Matthew 5, verse 3 through 10. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Poor in spirit here means humble. Blessed are the humble, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, that is the patient, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before them. Let me make a couple of comments about the Beatitudes. We have to remember here that Jesus is speaking, and we have to look at Jesus' life to see what the Beatitudes really mean. We're not a doormat. We're not weak. We're not uh, sitting on our bomb doing nothing. We are actively bringing forth the gospel. Look at how Jesus brought the gospel forth. He was strong. He was capable. He was very articulate. And that's why he was persecuted. Yes, he was humble. Yes, he was patient. But his obedience to the Lord was higher than any of the persecution that came against him. As he brought forth the gospel, he was persecuted, but he stood his ground. That is what the Beatitudes are. Not a doormat. Not weakness. Let me summarize. The kingdom of heaven belongs to us, which means not only does his word and his son and his Holy Spirit belong to us, his very presence belongs to us right now. We will be comforted. That means that there's going to be some trouble. We will inherit the earth. We will live forever. We will be filled with righteousness. We will be shown mercy because we need mercy. We will see God. We will be children of God. We will be called children of God. Our reward is in heaven. Though not specifically called blessings, I want to to talk about what Jesus told the people, the churches, in Revelation 2 and 3. These are definitely blessings, and I want to talk about them. So, the first one is, we will eat from the tree of life if we overcome and that, that was the stipulation to all the churches. If we overcome and are obedient to Christ, we will eat from the tree of life. This is significant because the tree of life was in the Garden of Eden. And Adam and Eve decided to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil to go their own way instead of eating from the tree of life. God will not be thwarted. He 
has brought the tree of life to us who are obedient to him, and we will eat from it, and that's eternal life. We will not be hurt by the second death. We will have a new name. God will give us a new name. Our name will not be an earthly name, but a heavenly name. We will have authority over the nations. We will receive the morning star. The morning star is Jesus. We will be dressed in white. That's purity and righteousness. And we will walk with Jesus. Jesus will acknowledge us before the Father and before his angels. Our name will never be blotted out from the book of life. We will be kept from the global hour of trial. We will be a pillar in the house of God. And what this means, we are faithful to God like Moses, like Elijah, like Jesus. We will be faithful to God. We will receive discipline. Sorry, folks, discipline comes. But in Hebrews, discipline, though it's unpleasant at the time, it will reap a reward of righteousness We will have right standing with God. So God is correcting us. This is a blessing that God corrects us. We will eat with Christ at his banquet table, at the marriage supper of the Lamb. We will sit with Christ on his throne. The Bible tells us that we will be married to Christ. And the symbol of marriage on earth between a man and a woman is a symbol of what the body of Christ will be to the Son of God. We will be married to Him. We will be one with Him. This is an amazing blessing. We have this future to look to, heaven. There's more, much, much more. But let's talk about these, uh, how we get these blessings. It all comes down to the work of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ and empowered by his resurrection from the dead, the power of the Holy Spirit in our life. Galatians 3, 10 through 15. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hung on a pole. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, so that by faith we may receive the promise of the Spirit. What is the blessing given to Abraham? Let's look at that real quick. Genesis 12, 1-3 Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to a land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. I will, you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. There it is. All the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Back to Galatians 3.10. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, so that by faith we might receive the promised Holy Spirit. That is the blessing of Abraham, Jesus Christ. Jesus became a curse for us. This is the great exchange. He became a curse that we might receive the blessings that he deserves. 
the blessings that he deserves because of his love and obedience to the Father. I'd like to read Isaiah 53, 3-6. I'd like to read it from the Koran Jerusalem Bible. It says, He was despised and rejected of men, a man of pains and acquainted with sickness, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. But in truth, he has bore our sicknesses and endured our pains, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded because of our transgressions, bruised because of our iniquities. His sufferings were that we might have peace, and by his injury we were healed. This is the great exchange. Jesus became a curse that we might be blessed. He was rejected by God and by man that we might be accepted. He was injured that we might be healed. He was punished that we might be forgiven. He became sin that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. He suffered to bring us peace with God. He was in poverty so that we would have abundance. Let me talk about Jesus' poverty just for a minute. On the cross, Jesus experienced complete poverty. His freedom was taken away from him. He was arrested, falsely accused, falsely sentenced. He was hungry. He hadn't eaten for about 24 hours. He had been beaten to a pulp. He was thirsty. He was without clothes, naked. He was humiliated. He was alone. God rejected him because of our sin. Man rejected him. His clothes were even taken from him, stolen from him, and his breath was being slowly and evilly taken from him as he hung on the cross. He was in complete need. Christ experienced poverty and death that we might have life. Jesus became a curse that we might have his blessings beyond description, beyond imagination. They're out of this world, heavenly, eternal. Starting today, we can have intimate fellowship with God because of what Jesus did on the cross and that he sent the Holy Spirit to live in our lives to make us into Christians, people with the character of Christ because of what Jesus has done. Receive him, know him, thank him, serve him. It is the greatest blessing that you and I can receive, the presence of the Holy Spirit, the character of Christ, the presence of the Father. This has been the Clean Soul Podcast. I'm Dennis Curtis. If you have questions or comments, feel free to reach out to me at thecleansoul.org.